got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause man needs expensive. I got expensive, cause man needs expensive. I've been hitting all the work, I've been hitting all the work. I've been shutting down the stars, I've been shutting down the stars. When it rain and it pours, when it rain and it pours. And I'm ready for some more. Welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the freight sales podcast for closers. My name's Kevin Hill. We have another exciting episode for you today with my special guest co-host once again, Blythe Brumley from Digital Dispatch and Digital Freight uh, Playbook. So how are you doing today, Blythe? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Good, good, good. So we are going to go solo today. No guests, no third guests. We're just going to talk about sales and about really setting that hook, whether it's cold calling, cold emailing, like direct selling uh, that, that salespeople do, or if you're in the marketing game and you're hitting your target audience, you're, you're producing content, it's how to, to get that audience interested off the, off the start. It's part of your research that you do whenever you're pre-qualifying leads, you know, who you're going to talk to. You always have to have a reason why you're contacting them, and it can't be to sell your product or service. It's got to be something else. And finding that, uh, there's different resources that you can go in and do that, and that's what we're going to talk talk about today, right, Blythe? Yeah, I was going through the rundown of the show, and this is actually some of these tools that we're going to be talking about in this show, especially from the cold outreach perspective. That's something that I is a weakness of mine, and I admittedly want to dive deeper into that and and want to kind of pick your brain and pick the audience's brain about how they go about their typical processes when it comes to sales, especially because from a marketing perspective, I've always been on the side of things where I'm creating the demand, so I've never had to actually do any kind of cold outreach yet, but that is something that as a marketer, I feel like it's very important, especially in the new year. And as things start to evolve that if you're in marketing, you really have to know what is driving revenue and what better way to do that than with some of the tools that we're going to talk about today. Exactly right. So you haven't really done cold outreach, cold calling, cold emails. You haven't, you haven't picked up the phone, done a hundred calls a day and, and gotten kicked in the face 99 times. No, actually, when I started out years ago in logistics, I remember my desk being very close to the brokerage floor. And I thought to myself, how can these people do this all day, every day? Doesn't their ears hurt? How is this possible? And so it's always one of those things that I tried to stay far away from. And I'm like, let me just focus on the buyer flow whenever they come to a website and I can hone in on that first. That way, my line of thinking is that they'll know exactly what they can get out of me, both from a social media perspective and a digital perspective. And so when they are reaching out to me, they are ready to buy instead of me having to reach out to, to uh, via, you know, cold outreach, cold calling, you know, a hundred people a day, which is crazy, mad respect to everybody that has to do that. But it's, it's something that has always sort of scared me. <laughs> exactly right. Inbound leads, being able to generate that through marketing is it always a preferred method, but you have to start somewhere. And some, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's just picking up the phone and making calls, but you have to have that in. You have to have that in. You right. have to make that connection with that prospect or with that, that first time reader coming in. And just how do you do that? What are some best practices on, on going out and doing the research to find those answers is, is all, is very important. You know, that, that initial hook, that reason why I'm calling is how I found your name it's uh, a question that I have for you that doesn't involve my product or service is the, the key for prospecting. Uh, I, I've done the, the 100 calls uh, a day. I'm glad I don't have to do it every single day.
today. I think Duner and I, uh, a few months ago, we, we had someone, uh, I think from uh, HubTech on doing role playing. Uh, on, on put that coffee down, and I tell you what, after a couple role plays, I was ready to go out and make about 50 huh. cold calls. I, it really got my adrenaline going. <laughs> that, I mean, because that's great info to know, especially from like a script perspective, because I also struggle with after I've done the heavy lifting of getting that user to the site and they book a call with me. What are my steps after that? How pushy do I get? And that's something that I've always struggled with is it, it, I've always come from the, the standpoint of if you want to work with me, we'll do great work together. But if there is an interest there that I'm not going to pursue it, but I I know that if I just nudge just a little bit and how do I nudge, then those leads will likely convert. They will likely convert. And there's, these are techniques that you can use on those warm leads as well. You know, whenever you're making that, that first initial, you know, person to person contact, whether it's on the phone, face to face, on a, a, on a video call, is it's good to go in, do your research on the prospect, uh, be knowledgeable. You don't want to be too knowledgeable to where you have all the answers. You have to, to have enough knowledge to ask really good questions that elicit uh, so some really thought provoking responses from your prospect, your customer, whoever it might be to. To, to be able to, uh, to to move that conversation along, it gets their interest in what you're going to say uh, solidified. So, and we want to be really interactive today. Um, sometimes when you have a guest and you have three people, it's, it's hard to, to manage uh, the, the flow of the show along with LinkedIn. So, I am still trying to pull up LinkedIn here on my computer or. Our show on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So I don't know if we're we're quite live yet. Hopefully, we are, and I just can't do that. But oh, I we wanna... are. We got it. Got it live. Okay, I'll get it live here in a second. I want to thank our sponsor uh, today, uh, Salesforce. Uh, you can go to salesforce.com and learn more uh, about those guys. Uh, but they're a terrific company. that They have solutions for all through your business, whatever, freight, logistics. Even if you're not in freight and logistics, of course, everyone knows Salesforce and their superb uh, solutions. I also want to remind our audience that... On January 28th, which is uh, two weeks from tomorrow, I think, if I have my, my, my calculations right here, uh, three weeks, sorry, three weeks from tomorrow, FreightWaves is doing the next virtual summit, and that's going to be the sales and marketing uh, summit. So we have a, a great lineup, though, that we're putting together right now. Blythe is doing a segment herself. Some hey. of the topics, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And we'll talk about your segment in just a second. Uh, we, some of the segments that we're going to do is marketing for startups and fundraising for freight tech, for digital freight brokers, for uh, anyone out there trying to, to raise money through the, the VC channels or, you know, from friends and family uh, is the same. Also, marketing for driver recruitment. You know, I, Blythe, I'm sure you know this as well uh, from your your, your marketing company that you have right now, a lot of, a lot of truckload carriers out there, uh, their, their major marketing efforts are toward recruiting drivers. So Absolutely. That, that's yeah. going to be a big one, a big mm -hmm. one because it's a constant need. It's a constant need, and it's usually, you know, besides the actual drivers themselves, it's usually the biggest department in a truckload carrier is the recruiting department. And we all know that it's, it's very hard to get drivers right now. We know the, the turnover rate for the industry is, is especially for the larger carriers, 100-plus percent per year, uh, which is mind-boggling. The, 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 the amount of dollars that are spent on digital ads, on Facebook, on 
on a recruiting staff to, to go out there and do sales. I mean, you're selling the drivers with the, that recruiting department. Um, I think it's a it costs $90,000 per driver to onboard them within three months, which is a crazy figure. That, that, is, a, that is staggering. It really is. I mean, once you dive into those numbers, it is a huge business. It's a very competitive business, too, right? Because, I mean, you're, you're competing with, with all your competitors. Right. And if you lose that driver within those first three months, that's just close to 100K just down the drain and you have to start all over again. So if you can just get your marketing and your sales right the first time, get that pipeline working smoothly, then that can save on a lot of onboarding time and a lot of turnover time. It, 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 it certainly can. It's, it's amazing how much money is spent in just in, in driver recruiting. We also have building your brand online. Uh, SEO strategies, the agent versus employee model. And we were just talking about this uh, right before the show. Uh, when you started in, in logistics, you were doing commission checks for agents. Yeah, I was actually, it was one of my first tasks that I was given as, you know, whenever you are working for a logistics company and you're doing a little bit of everything, that was my job is I was an executive assistant. So it, it was my job to organize company functions, get lunches, uh, deposit bank checks, you know, the less glamorous side of things. And then when they start giving you those little bits of more responsibility, that was the first thing that I did was cut commission checks for agents, not actually cut the checks, but determine what that commission payout was. Was going to be. So you had to go through the contracts, figure out their commission split, create the spreadsheets, make them look nice, make them look pretty, communicate that to the agents. They approve it. They, you know, dispute it, um, whatever your calculations are for that week or that month. And then you, once everything is approved and they have their backup documentation, then we send it off to accounting and they cut the check. So the faster that you can get those commission structures, breakdowns completed, the faster the agents get paid. And then that helps increase your awareness with other agents and their word of mouth whenever they're referring your company to another possible agent down the line that really helps speed up a lot of the process. It really does. When we just talked about the, the competitive nature of recruiting drivers, it's the same with recruiting agents. So those agents, those top performers who have huge books of business that you want to, to onboard and also keep happy because you're, you're taking a cut of that uh, and you want to attract the, the, the best that you can because the turnover in the, the agent model is, is a killer for businesses as well. Absolutely. And they also have their own book of business. So when they're coming to your company, that's less sales outreach and less cold outreach that your company has to do. And so making those agents happy becomes a top priority for a lot of these companies. It it does, and it's it's very competitive. And I'm surprised on the turnover that there is in the agent model too. Um, but but keeping your agents happy is a full time job, as as well, definitely. Um, so also, starting a freight brokerage, right? There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there. We want the entrepreneurs to show up at the sales and marketing virtual conference and, and summit that we're having. Um, and then scaling a logistics business. That, that's a, a very tough thing. There, there's a, a plateau in, in freight brokerages around, say, 20 to $30 million where you hit that plateau and scaling it above and beyond that can be tricky and, and challenging. And also what freight tech companies miss in sales. There's a lot of freight tech companies that are, are out there, you know, with great technology and, you know, going to market Selling to logistics companies, trucking companies, supply chain companies is is challenging to, to be able to, to translate this new technology and what it can do 
to, to everyday business applications purposes. And then your segment, if, you, if you'd like to uh, describe that a little bit for our audience right now, that'd be great. Sure. So we're going to talk about what's good in the world of marketing in logistics companies. So profiling, highlighting some of the companies that are doing a better job than most and how you can take some of those examples and apply that to your own company. So I'm really excited to sort of dive in because I'm the type that I will get all of the industry magazines and, and newspapers and I will read through them and I will dog ear the good ads. So I'm looking at the advertisements more than the articles themselves because I want to see who is out there actively advertising and what catches my eye and what doesn't. So I usually will, will spend that at least once a month. I will go through different advertisements and, and find the ones that I like the most. Yeah, we'll talk to, you'll talk about advertisement, also social media, I'm sure, social media yes. marketing and other, other types of marketing, which we'll get into in, in just a second. So again, that's January 28th, um, all day. You can learn more details about this at live.freightwaves.com. And, you know, if, if you want to learn more about demoing your tech, showing off your tech, participating in this conference, you can direct message me on LinkedIn or shoot me an email at khill at freightwaves.com. That's K-H-I-L-L -L at freightwaves.com. So please reach out, contact me um, to, to, to learn more about participating in our virtual conference on sales and marketing January 28th, 2021. It is 2021 now, isn't it? It's the first show of the I, year. That's the first time I've heard it, you know, in my ears. I haven't actually had to write it out yet because it usually takes me a while to get that down. Um, so it's, it's it, 2020 just rolls off the tongue so easily. But now we're in 2021. It's going to take a little bit of that, that new habit that you have to form, which is usually what people are doing around this time of the year anyways, is forming new habits. It, it is. It's forming new habits. I, I was on the Midday Market Update yesterday anchoring that and I, I got fascinated with saying 2021 so I, I just kept on repeating <laughs> myself 2021 it, it was Muscle great memory. <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> but okay so uh Rob Bussey thanks uh hello to you Rhonda hello just now getting to the comments I I don't know why it always takes me so long and such difficulty getting on LinkedIn live but it, it does multitasking is just not my thing I think well, so. Especially uh, while you're trying to host a show too, so it's 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 challenging. I, I know, right? I'm watching the clock. I'm, I'm watching watching everything. <laughs> a lot ben, of apart. I know Ben Kowalski. Uh, biggest reasons they don't convert is a lack of follow up. Ben always comes with great points. Lack of follow up. Mm. Uh, we're we're going to have to do a show in the future about the importance uh, of a follow up. Being persistent. You know, no just means no, not right now. And sells. Uh, Andrew Bounds, uh, Dedicated Services at Schneider, Director of Business Intelligence. Do your upfront research and find at least a hint of a compelling event, uh, a compelling event that will drive interest. You're exactly right, Andrew, and that's what we're going to be talking about. Seven techniques to do that uh, later in the show in the second half hour. Uh, Sergio Ribe, morning to, to both of us. Uh, Rhonda there, Dooner. Uh, I've worked with sales reps who say that their brain is their CRM. I have two. Uh, unfortunately, my brain doesn't compute like a CRM, so I will forget anything I don't write down or record <laughs> as soon as it yes. happens. So, Same. Yeah, yeah. So, so later on the show, when we get into the techniques, we'll be asking for your comments, your tips. Uh, we'd like to share our tips with you. We want to hear what you do to, to develop that hook 
you know, that, that hook, mm. that attention, a getter with your prospects, your audience, whoever it may be, which is a good segue into our marketing segment because Barstool Sports, we talked about it a little bit last week, Blight, uh, they are doing something right now with a foundation that really grabs your attention. It's a great hook. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that is, I mean, obviously a lot of businesses are struggling, especially small businesses all across the countries, particularly restaurants, uh, salon owners, um, gym owners, you know, the, the, the really the heart of local communities are being forced to shut down. They're um, having to make all of these different changes to how their business operates in order to stay open and be accommodating and be safe to their patrons that, that are coming to their establishment. And Barstool Sports has done something that even the U.S. government has hasn't been able to do, and that is to get money from people who have it, and even if it's just a little bit, and put it in the hands of those who actually need it. So what they've done is they've, it's been pretty, pretty incredible, where 100% of the proceeds go to small businesses. In order to apply, you have to go to barstoolfund.com, and with close to 150,000 people donating, they have raised close to $20 million, and they're sending that money directly to all of the small business owners. So it's something that really caught my eye because the way they're kind of using this is that they're using user-generated content and they set up a social media account that's gotten millions and millions of views. I think it's 1.57 billion impressions since this launched just a few weeks ago. And so what they're doing is the small businesses have to email Barstool in order to submit their case and tell them a little bit about their business. Because unfortunately, they, as much as they want to help everybody, they can't help everybody. And so once they go through a little bit of a vetting process, which is uh, essentially the Barstool staff that is going through and reading each one of the emails and putting them through their own filters and in order to move to the next step, then those businesses have to create just a small little video that sort of shows their staff, their business, the changes that they've made, tell their story. And so so once they have that, then they go through an approval process. And once they're awarded, the CEO of Barstool, or actually the owner of Barstool, Dave Portnoy, he reaches out via FaceTime, records the FaceTime, and awards that business with the funds. And so you get these instant reactions. Of course, a lot of the stories are really tear jerkers. Um, you have you know one instance where you know a, a gentleman has a, a family business, a family pizzeria that has been forced to shut down. They made all these different accommodations in order to to, to have outdoor seating, and then they're getting shut down again. And he has just barely enough money to make it through the holidays. And he was going to have to tell his staff that January, February, and March, they were going to be shutting down. And then he gets the call from Barstool that they got approved for funding up to $30,000, I, I believe, for the first three mm -hmm. months, keep them operational. And it's just, it's a really fantastic way of using user-generated content to do a fantastic thing and then share the stories of how you're helping. And in addition to that, you can go to the Barstool Fund website and you can watch all of these stories. They made a website specifically for it. So everybody that gets awarded, they have a profile on the page and then users, if maybe a story sticks out in particular more than another story, you can donate directly to that business. So they've set up all of these different parameters within their, their content marketing machine. And it's really doing a, a great thing that even some of the, you know, the, the world's most powerful government hasn't been able to quite figure out yet. And, and neither Fortune 500 companies as, as well. I mean, they, they cut out the middleman and are, are, are 
it's a, it's a great marketing campaign, but it's a great service. And, and sometimes, or oftentimes, those two are the, the same. You know, doing good promotes your business, it promotes your brand, your marketing. Uh, I, I, I need to go on there. I was on there a couple nights ago and, and didn't buy any gear, but they, they have the, the, the I, I guess, the, the, the fund or the charity gear that, that you can buy where all the net proceeds are donated to the, this cause, and I need to go in and, and buy a couple T-shirts uh, from that. So that is what I'll be doing later on tonight. Uh, but, yeah, 18, uh, close to $20 million now uh, of, of just direct payments to small businesses that, that need that. It, it forms that community. It, it really strengthens that quite a bit. And I was on Twitter last night, you know, I'm, I'm learning Twitter. It's my 21, you know, my, my 21 uh, goals and, and New Year's resolutions. So I'm on there and, and saw a tweet thread from Dave talking about how to build communities and, sure. and how they built their communities. It's about a 12-part thread. It's very engaging. It's very uh, useful for, for any salesperson, any marketer to, to go out how to build a community. So I, you know, so, so definitely go out and, and and Google that or Twitter that. Um, get, get, find that on Twitter somehow. I don't know how you actually do it. Um, <laughs> but but you, you go out and you, you find that, and it's great great knowledge on that. And it's really about building community, and it's just an outreach of that, building this small business uh, community that are your, your viewers, your audience, uh, your customers. And it's, it's such a good story because even, mm -hmm. you know, with all of the BS that's going on in the world, it gets down to the nitty gritty of when, when things get tough, Americans help other Americans. And that's what's really sort of beautiful about this is that a lot of their, the majority of their donations that are coming in are in increments of five, 10, $20. So, mm -hmm. it's, you know, people donating what they can. And then of course you have some of your bigger name personalities. So I think like Tom Brady, uh, Josh Allen, quarterback for the Buffalo Bills bills. They're, Barstool is a sports brand. And so they're getting these top dollar athletes mm -hmm. now to recognize and, and to know what they're trying to do. So they're starting to get more of the, the bigger dollars floating in. And if you donate directly to the fund, it's 100% of the proceeds go to small businesses. What other charity out there does that? I, I don't know of a single one where 100% of the proceeds, sometimes, you know, they'll talk about, you know, net proceeds or net revenue mm -hmm. or a percentage of the revenue. That's, you know, just fancy talk for not 100% of the revenue going to where it's intended to go. And I think from a, for me personally, I donated to it. And to see the stories that are coming out, I know where my money went. And I can have, you know, a little bit of sense of pride that, hey, I helped out with a few of these different small businesses with, you know, whatever I can donate. And, and I think it's just a beautiful story of, of how you can think outside of the box and you can use user-generated content and everything that good that you're doing, you're showcasing, and it only helps your brand in the long run. They, they talked about how they, they spent their entire holiday sort of limping into the holidays, just stressed like anybody else and this time of the year. And then they decided to launch this and they just hit the ground running with it and put their machine behind it. And it's been one hell of an effort to get, you know, 20, close to $20 million in just a few weeks time. It's really incredible. I, it is incredible. I, I'd like to see it, uh, it is going to grow over time, but coming back a month now, just, just, I, I, I'm really interested to see how much they, they can definitely raise. Uh, Liz Bolt, uh, hello from Kansas city. And, uh, Vittori, or Vittori Lika, 
um, from Viva Transport. Hello from North Carolina. So uh, again, Bar, the, the Barstool Foundation, uh, what, what's the website for that, Blythe? It's barstoolfund.com. So that if you go there, you can see all of the stories I was talking about, um, different people that have been awarded. And what's what's really great is that these aren't just one-time donations. They're picking businesses that they're going to support and they use the words until this all ends. So this is something that they're going to have regular support and they're going to need to keep this engine going for a little while. So it's going to be one of those things where you see these success stories and they're going to be able to keep the lights on for, you know, five or six months, however long, you know, these lockdowns mm -hmm. tend to last depending, you know, state by state, but they're going to help them keep the lights on, which is the most important thing. I, I love feel-good stories, and this definitely is. Dooner says, I want Kevin's new style to be bar stool, tank tops, and bro wear. I, I, <laughs> that, that's what I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy bro wear. <laughs> and, and those net proceeds are going to go straight to small businesses that, that need it. Um, Kyle Taylor, thank you very much. He's a Sonar sales guy with Sonar host uh, as well, and he put up the, uh, the bar stool fund uh, link on, on LinkedIn. Thank you very much. And he says, Tampa awesome. Brady. And apologies <laughs> for your Florida Gators, Kyle, who got smashed by OU. I know you're, you're making excuses that you had some starters out. You know, life goes on. You take your wins and losses and, and, and you do with it what you want to. So... And then Nico Brown. Uh, I applaud that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We have another Gator hater uh, over here, uh, too. Yeah, I am absolutely a Gator hater. Sorry to any Gator <laughs> fans out there, but not really. <laughs> and Nico Brown uh, from, from Skybits. Uh, Brady has been an exemplary player for a, a while, giving to multiple causes. I'm a WFT fan, but I respect mm -hmm. Brady, so... Brady has done a, a lot of really good stuff. Brian Rice, hi, uh, there as well. And Kaylee Nix, our meteorologist, new on-air host here at Freight Waves, Boomer, and Boomer Sooner. She's from OU, too, so <laughs> you got to share the Sooner love and the Sooner <laughs> magic around here. So. <laughs> And I just drown out the Gator fans because living so close to Gainesville, Florida, <laughs> let me tell you, they're very loud here. They, they are. They're, they're very loud everywhere. Sooner fans are kind of <laughs> uh, loud, too. Some say obnoxious, but oh, well, you, you, you take the good with the bad, I suppose, right? I guess if you, uh, I mean, I'd say that about Gator fans, knowing how much they tormented my poor Jaguars for years over trying to sign Tim Tebow. So that's, that's just a sore subject. <laughs> But that I was able to sneak right. the Jaguars in again. So, so Urban Meyer now that the Jaguars coach, right? Is that official or is that still kind not of a official. rumor? It's not official. It's still, it's a big time rumor. Apparently they want to take their time with, with the coaching search as if the coaching and the GM search as if, you know, they haven't had years to think about this, but you know, the good times are ahead. We have the number one overall pick. Trevor Lawrence is coming to town. It's going to be Trevor mm -hmm. town. So, uh, you know, hopefully brighter days are ahead. My dad and I already decided we're going to get season tickets again next year, provided they don't take any of our games to London. True, true. And, you know, uh, as, as comfort, it's always darkest before the dawn. So it can't get much worse, can it? <laughs> I mean, like Gandalf <laughs> shining in the light. <laughs> Look to the east <laughs> to save our franchise. <laughs> So, okay, so uh, let's, let's talk about uh, sales hot tips. Hot tips for sales. What are your go-to things that you're using for sales and marketing right now, Blythe? 
Oh, okay. For marketing in particular, because that's where I, I'm, I'm sort yeah. of weaker in the sales sort of cold outreach. So I'm going to rely on you yeah, guys. sales or marketing, to, either one. Coming in that that thing, but uh, or that aspect. But for me, I have just recently installed a product from Microsoft. It's free. It's called Microsoft Clarity. And maybe some other marketers have heard about a company called Hotjar, which is essentially a heat map for your website. But Microsoft Clarity is a free version of that same tool. And what I have found really interesting after installing it on my site is this item called rage clicks where somebody is clicking around your website it's all a, a anonymous data so you're actually looking at the recordings of someone arriving on your site arriving on some of your the top pages of your site how they scroll through what they click on what they click on next um, and then also these rage clicks of what they're clicking on that they think should lead to more information so what i've actually discovered is that certain elements on my own website that i thought were just you know a pretty design people mm -hmm. are clicking on to try to find more information and i haven't provided that so this tool has really helped me hone in on the user experience of my websites and and some and my clients websites and be able to show them hey we should add some more information here let's think about how we want to make that that user flow look like because if a lot of people are clicking in a certain area of the site or if a lot of people are looking which is what the heat maps do if a lot of people are looking at certain areas of the site that can also help you put those more important CTAs those call to actions and put those in that segment so so that was microsoft clarity is that right the, the rage clicks yes. or is Microsoft that clarity it's, it's free it's kind of like google analytics but mm -hmm. it's one of those things um that, that you can still get traffic information from microsoft but the clarity tool is something that google analytics doesn't do where you can see those heat maps and you can also see uh those what i call those rage clicks after you're watching you know certain recordings of people scrolling through your website and where they're going and where they're not going so if you haven't written down Microsoft Clarity, do that now. <laughs> I just did because I, I didn't know about this, and this is something that I can use uh, pronto, right, like ASAP right now uh, because yeah, I, I, I want to know where people are clicking on the website. I, I have no and clue, and I need to find out. Right. And you, you can plan, like, especially as a web designer, user experience, you think you have a good idea of how the website should be laid out, but until you're actually testing, you really have no idea. And so I, it, this is an option for, for those people who don't have the ability to, you know, look over the shoulders of someone who's actually checking out your site. This is a really great option for them to install on your site. And like I said, there's no privacy concerns because it's all anonymous data. So you're really just looking at what the overwhelming majority of people are experiencing on your own site. So it gives you that extra perception. And so how you can, you can change up your site in order to better improve that user experience. Yeah, I, I think that's something that we all experience, you know, the, the genius of ourselves and our layout of a website and all the fools out there that, that don't get our design and can't find the information they need because we have a perfect design of a website, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we know exactly. We can read their minds. And so that's, I mean, ideally, that's what you want to do whenever you're, you're making a site is that you want to make it as user-friendly as possible. But in the end, you really don't know unless you're doing, unless you have tools like this to help you. And then there are other tools, of course, that, that help with A-B testing. And that's just not just on your website. That can help with, you know, headlines that you use on your website, uh, some of the CTA buttons that you use. Um, so it, it's, it's 
definitely a tool that I would highly recommend, but then I would also couple that with doing some A-B testing in your in some of the copy that you use on the site and then also with your email marketing as well because you never really know what text is going to convert either. From a design perspective to a text perspective, you, you don't know what's going to convert better and seeing that insight regularly, it, it, it helps a ton and helps you hone in on your messaging, not just now, but in the future as well. It does. It, it's 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 user friendly websites. It seems so easy. It sounds so easy, so simple. You know, if I can use it, anyone else can use it. But it's a, it's a matter of it's a process of elimination. Uh, a lot of times, you just have to to play around, experiment, see what works, and once you find something that works, you just run with it. Absolutely. Yeah. So my go-to thing that I'm doing right now, this is how I'm going out and booking guests. I'm trying to get, uh, you know, uh, leading authors on to put that copy down. I have a couple booked for, for February, so that's, that's exciting, and we'll learn more about that as the time goes on, but it's Drift Video. So this mm. is uh, like a webcam video. It's free for the most part, unless you're, uh, you're, you're sending out 100 a day. Uh, then it's a small subscription fee. But if, if you're just doing it here and there, uh, it's, a, it's a perfect tool. It integrates great with, with LinkedIn. So you bring up a LinkedIn mm. message, and you just click a button, and it comes up, and it says, you know, do you want to do you know, uh, screen plus face or face only with your webcam and you just hit record and you can do a quick 30 second message instead of writing it out, right? Because we all see, uh, you know, emails flooding our inboxes of text and sometimes it's really dense text that, that just turns you off from even reading it. Um, but, but it's hard to, to say no to a, a special video, uh, especially now because hardly anyone is, is doing that. Uh, but you just mm. do that. You just throw it into that, that message, and it creates a, a, a GIF or a GIF, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so it, it throws that in there, so it's just not a link. It's a, a picture of you sorting your video. And the, the click-through rates are, the, are astronomical. I, I sent Mr. Supply Chain one a few weeks ago, and then he posted one, and, and it went a little bit viral, uh, his, you know, his playing off of mine. Uh, but, but it's a perfect way to introduce yourself, right? And it's a good hook. You know, I, I don't have that down in my seven methods, but that's a good, good technique for a hook. It's, it's not the actual hook itself, maybe, but it's a good way to convey that hook is to do a 30-second message. Uh, you know, here I am, you know, like to uh, speak with you about X, Y, and Z, whatever it could be. Hmm. And, and it, it, it gets a really great response rate right now. Now, are you making these videos, uh, you know, a certain amount of time length? Are they, you know, one to three minutes or is it like 30 seconds? Have you found, I guess, a, a, a time frame of what's more successful and what it, versus what has it been? Yeah, so I, I've done a lot of cold email, cold outreach, uh, 30 seconds or less. I, I thought I had this book around here somewhere. I'm going to give it away today. 120, 140 words on an email communication. I hardly ever write an email that exceeds 120 words because no one's going to read it. So I, and it's tough to do, and it takes a lot of practice. The same philosophy with videos, right? Uh, 30 seconds. Here's my pitch. I just want to get to the next step. The, the next step is you reply to this email. So if I can just throw out one thing, one core idea to get someone to say, yeah, let's talk further, I win. That's, that's my goal, myself, for that communication. So 
I don't really have that much to say on two or three minutes. I don't expect anyone else to listen to me uh, for two or three minutes in their inbox. So 30 seconds is what I found over time to be the optimal length, especially for me. And, and are you putting CTAs at the end of the video, like, you know, schedule a meeting mm-hmm. with me, yada, yada, yada? Yeah, some, some, sometimes I'll put it on my Calendly, but a lot of times it's just like a, a yes or no. And it's a quick, it's a call to action to where someone can respond very quickly in one sentence back to me or maybe in a 10-second video back to me. It's, it's not trying to, to, to map out the, the new world or anything like that, right? I, I don't <laughs> expect a, a crazy math equation or you know, fill, figuring out a theorem uh, to be able to respond to me. It's, it's a quick yes or no. I, I just try to keep it as simple as possible. Smart. Yeah, that, that's definitely something I haven't done yet, but I have heard of people doing it as sending those video intros. Um, there there was a video intro that I got that was meant for about a dozen people, and it definitely caught my eye, especially as a, as a marketer. That was one of the things that I clicked on, and even though it wasn't personalized just for me, it was mm-hmm. you could tell that it was still for a limited amount of people, you know, maybe 10 to 12 people, if that. And so that, that really went along way and and I probably watched more of that video than if it were in a text format I probably wouldn't have read the email I would have had to you know put it off for the next day so I can read it first thing in the morning type deal so I can really focus but that video helped me realize what they were talking about very quickly and very effectively and it only took a couple minutes yeah, and then that's a, that's a real the, the value of it. I mean, I, I think we all get so much written communication and, and email. I mean, I, I get so many emails and Slack messages and uh, reading so many articles on, on FreightWaves.com each day that uh, another email from somebody I don't know that, you know, it, it, usually it's like three, 400 words. I, I just, I don't have the bandwidth or the mental mm. energy to, to, to really read it. And I, I try to skim it. And, and that's something that else that, that a lot of people don't know the art of as well is that everything you write should be skimmable, you know, should be scannable. It should be something where someone doesn't have to read the entire thing. It's just, it's laid out in bullet point form, you know, so where you can get bite-sized information and build that curiosity or that hook in there but the the videos right now work exceptionally well uh you know especially when you're booking shows or booking guests on a show uh it's it's better if you do it through video because it's a show instead of of writing and and a lot of times by the end of the day i'm tired of writing because i've written so much uh during the day as well my brain just just gives out Right. There's only so much bandwidth that that Mm -hmm. each one of us can personally take on. And with digesting all of the emails, all of the, you know, the content that we see on a daily basis, it's one of those things that you, you, if you can make a, if you can find a tool that will help you stand out from the masses, try it. Because from, especially from like a social media perspective, if a new company or if, you know, say LinkedIn, when they recently launched, you know, going live, you should jump on those things ASAP because that those kind of companies are looking for creators in order to fill that gap. They, you know, they have a lot of people digesting that content, but they don't necessarily have a lot of people creating that content. So it, I would imagine that it kind of works in a similar way where you're making these drift videos and sending them off to people and your, your message is going to stick out from the rest mm-hmm. of everybody else who just decides to send, a, hey, here's general information about my company, book a calendar. You know, it's really all about them 
them. It's not necessarily about, you know, why you're contacting me and what problems you can solve for me. So if you can cover that in a video, I feel like that could go a long way. It, it can, you know, and, and, and when you get a written email, you're like, who is this person? I don't know who this person is, but if you're on video and it's a webcam and it's you, 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 you have a little bit more connection with that person. Um, I, catching up on LinkedIn here, uh, Ben Kowalski uh, from Freight360. Great tip, Kevin. Just looking, just look at getting the prospect to the next step. Thinking small sometimes leads to big gains. We think alike, Ben. Uh, Rhonda says that she got a voice message and in her DM in a video, and she liked it so much she watched the entire eight-minute video after that. After that, that preview, wow. that 30-second preview, she went to the video and did the eight minutes. So it's a, it's a teaser. 30 seconds is a teaser. You just want a reaction, right? Any reaction mm -hmm. is better than silence. You don't want to be ignored. Um, a no is better than the no answer at, at all. But let's, let's jump into the, the meat of the, the, the program today, which are some techniques for, for, for building that hook. For, for getting that hook, building it, and seeing where that goes. Um, so what yeah. exactly, yeah, yeah. So really quickly, what exactly is the hook in your message? And this is from Making Your Point in 30 Seconds or Less, brilliant book written back in like the early 80s, late 70s, still as applicable today. And he preaches the 30 seconds, and that's kind of where I get the 30 <laughs> seconds from too. Plus it worked. That, that's usually the, the, the closer, right? If it works, right, you keep on works. doing it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So Milo Frank is his name. Uh, read the book. It's a very short book, uh, which you'd expect from someone who wrote how to get your point across <laughs> in 30 seconds or less, right? right? <laughs> so, so hook them from the opening. You have to make an immediate connection with the audience. This connection signals that it's worth investing valuable time to hear what you have to say. So that's usually something about themselves. So Blythe, I'm going to ask you this question uh, because we both get these uh, emails and direct messages uh, uh, quite, quite a bit. And if someone says... Hi, Blythe. I was going through your website at Digital Dispatch, and I saw your podcast. I saw your videos online, and I just wanted to reach out to you. Do they have your attention? No. No. They don't. No, they not They would have all? to be specific. I, okay. I, I think that they would have, if they were really specific over, you know, I, I heard you on this episode say this, that would stand out a lot more to me than, because I think for a lot of marketing messages that I get, they, I can tell when yeah. it's, it's a template. I can tell when they haven't exactly put much effort into it. Um, I get a time for having a, a blog for, for so long, I get emails on a daily basis saying, Hey ma'am, I love your website. Uh, wanting mm -hmm. to know if I can buy a guest post <laughs> and they don't have any other kind of identifier. So for me, that has uh, almost forced me to tune anything generic out. So if it was more specific, then that would definitely catch my attention. Great point. Great point. I was just being general because I couldn't think of an exact example. I have one now because right. I saw a post on a post from you on LinkedIn, a recent guest. I, I can't remember the gentleman's name, uh, but he had this quote and you posted the quote out there as well as it's kind of meat or the hook of of kind of watching more of it is that uh, something about. Uh, you know, uh, about experimenting around with businesses and you don't really get an education and start losing money. When you start oh, losing yes, yes. money in business with, with what you're trying out, right? 
It was uh, DeMarco Thomas of, of Metro yes. Max. He has a fantastic company out of Atlanta and he has several businesses, but he says when you really learn, he's like, you don't learn until you lose money. That is yes. the biggest lesson I think a lot of us can sort of resonate with. <laughs> um, but that is, that, that's a really great point because that was, I thought that that was powerful. So I put that as like the top banner of the the video clips that, that I like to share. And I, I really want to put a, a, a focus on it, but I never really knew that that was, I guess the phrase, that's my hook. Um, so that, that was, um, I guess that, that was just the, the, I don't want to say like click baity, well, spammy, it's, uh, it's, I guess people can technically call it, you know, click baity, but I'm trying to get your attention and you can get really good attention if you're using real world quotes, uh, from people who have been in the trenches. Yeah, so it's, it's maybe not a hook, it's a teaser, but it's, it's not clickbait whatsoever because it's a very powerful statement. So, but, but if someone came in and, and sent you a direct message uh, talking about that, that particular post and, and kind of what it meant for them, do they have your attention? Absolutely, because I yeah. I pride myself on personally responding to to each, you know, sort of non generic message that I get. You know, I I try to engage with everything, but I only have so much time. Um, but if you stick out with, you know, maybe you want some advice on on marketing and things like that. Um, if you are specific with your ask or specific with, you know, your, your message, that will absolutely stand out ten out of ten times mm -hmm. uh, versus something that is just hello ma'am you have a great website <laughs> true true I, very true i'm the same way right if you if, if if you start talking about put that coffee down or anything else that that we do around here and you have specific examples you have my attention right and and, and probably a 99 percent chance i'm going to respond to you um and, and then we, we can talk about what you're maybe you want advice maybe you want to sell me something i i don't know but you have my attention which is the, the number one thing with a hook is to to have buy-in some kind of emotional or intellectual buy-in from your prospect and it kind of goes down it's kind of reverse order of of what i have listed in my blog post from a couple of weeks ago but but that's that's one of the the that the easiest ways to do that is if you see, if your prospects on a podcast or on a virtual conference or doing a conference, you know, in-person conference back in the old days before COVID, uh, if they're doing okay. something like that, then that's your hook. That, that's the, you know, I have an interest in this and try to get as specific as possible and you're going to get their attention most of the time, nine times out of ten. And so how are you from, I, I guess, a, a structural processes standpoint, how are, how does that hook fit into your messaging? Are you leading from the jump with that hook or are you kind of slowly introducing how you're approaching that cold out? Because I'm, I'm assuming you're using these in cold outreach. So are you leading with that hook and then you're diving into maybe who you are and what you do? Mm -hmm. What does that framework look like? Yeah, so so the hook is is immediate, right? It's it's the reason I'm calling. You know, sometimes a lot of times in, in the sales world, you, you call somebody and they're like, "How do you get my name?" And and a lot of people freak out about that. You know, uh, you know, <laughs> what you should say is it's my job to know your name. You know, I, I'm right. I'm, I'm a salesperson. All, you know, I mean, you're what? You know, media. yeah, yeah, you're all over social media, right? So, you know, so. To, to, to counter, not even to counter that, but to, to, to start off on it so it doesn't even come up is, you know, hey, I, I saw where you're speaking at X, Y, and Z event, you know, or on a virtual event. You saw, I, I saw your segment on this, and you know, it was very interesting how you said 
that uh, logistics providers can do whatever, right? Or, or you're a shipper, right? And that this is how you map out kind of your, your bid program, whatever it might be, right? And if you drop some, some exact knowledge into that, and I was just wondering this, and you start the ball rolling. And then you get to the point where you have to actually start, you know, making the sell, but that gets their attention. It gets their buy-in. It moves. It's one of those small steps, right? It moves the conversation to either a meeting or the next five minutes or the next 10 minutes, but you're just trying to get over that hump of building credibility and making that connection. So, and it's part of the research, it's part of the research process. So if they are speaking or if they're all are doing interviews on, on FreightWaves TV, you can go in and, you know, ask or, or, or cite specific examples, kind of like uh, you're never learning until you start losing money in, in a business. Mm-hmm. And that kick starts the, the conversation. And that's all it's designed to do. Now, do you have a, I, I guess, a, a follow-up tactic that what you're using, uh, your, your video messaging, maybe you're, you're sending an email with a link to the video. What does that, say you get ghosted, what does that next follow-up look like? Are you sending another video or are you um, just following up with a quick email? I am going to, to I, either one, right? So I'm going to follow up with an email. I, I'm, I'm going to have another hook, I, I guess, would be the, the, the answer, the real answer to that question, whether it's video, whether it's email, whether it's phone call. I'm going to find another hook, or I'm going to go in with the same hook if I can't find another hook, right? I'm, mm. I'm going to find maybe what their company does and kind of tie that into that. I, a lot of the cold outrage, if you're doing 100 phone calls a day, uh, you're not calling 100 people and, and citing what they said in, in a podcast or maybe even on, on social media, which maybe a little bit more. But a lot of times it's just a company website. So you have to build a hook out of what their company does because oftentimes they're not going to be on social media or if, it, or if they are, maybe it's very bare bones about it, especially in the shipper community. So you are looking for for anything that you can get, and usually it's, it's very minimal. Uh, and a lot of times, especially if you're calling like transportation managers or uh, shipping clerks or even sometimes VPs of, of operations finance, you can't really find a lot of information about them personally. So you go to the company and you try to design a hook out of that company and tie it to industry data, to the industry itself, industry news. Uh, company news, company announcements are always good. Uh, they're, they're not perfect hooks, but sometimes you just have to go with what you have. I know, and, and I think that that was one of the the tips that you mentioned in your blog post. I'm not sure if you want to break that down now, but that I thought that that was one of them that that really stood out to me is paying attention to the actual company's news that they're broadcasting and that they're publishing because that can help you differentiate yourself from everybody else that's not doing that extra work, that they're not doing that mm-hmm. research legwork. And and I'm sure that there's probably different qualifiers too for who you're going to send a video to compared to who you're just going to maybe like their post on, on LinkedIn versus sending them a personalized message. I'm sure there's a, there's your own sort of sales funnel of how those relationships are going to eventually evolve or how you hope that they're going to evolve. Because one interesting, uh, 
tidbit that I heard is that if you are strategic with your LinkedIn outreach, maybe on a Monday, you're connecting with a bunch of uh, different target customers, right? So mm-hmm. then Tuesday or Wednesday, you are going to publish on LinkedIn something specific to that target audience that you connected with on Monday, because the way that the algorithm works is that your after you're connected, your first post that you have or vice versa is going to be shown in their feed because these social media platforms want to know if you're going to interact with that content or not. So they can know if they want to show that to you in the future or not. So that could be like a key takeaway that if you're prospecting, say on social media first, that you're, you're reaching out with the idea that after we're connected, I'm going to publish something to my feed and hopes that they know what I'm know what I'm talking about before I ever reach out. So there's a little bit of affinity there before you ever do the cold outreach. Yeah, and, and that that goes with the, the the hook. You know that that that's a hook as well, right? Mm-hmm. If if your prospect is publishing things out on social media, you like it, you comment, you know, you, you engage in a conversation, and it's kind of like a, a slow play, or, or as Ben says here, small ball. Right. You're just working up kind of the affinity, kind of just trying to get the ball rolling to to make that connection. So you can actually have an opportunity to set up a meeting, you know, do a pitch, maybe um, just just be there at the right opportunity, which happens a lot in, in freight brokerage. Uh, you know, you just make you just do a lot of activity, and at some point, you, one of your competitors is going to drop the ball, and one of your prospects or, or customers are, are going to need help, and you just want to be there. So it's kind of that that constant activity too. Uh, on a hook, you know, on a very broad sense, in, in marketing and writing blog posts, you you have to define that 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 key target audience or that persona of the individual you're writing for and you have to produce a hook in the first few seconds or even in a podcast uh, through the title or those those first opening minutes uh, of getting a hook as well right for life yeah because i you know people don't people buy for what they aspire to be and i was just going mm-hmm. through um th- this deck that i got the other day on understanding why buyers really buy and i thought this was a perfect breakdown so so bear with me that they that they list the problem and the problem is that someone keeps hitting snooze and sleeping in so what they bought was an old school alarm clock with no snooze button but what they really bought was someone to help break their bad habit of sleeping in and force them out of bed sooner so that they have the stamina to commit to the workout. So they know that they have a problem, but what you're actually selling them on is what they aspire to be. And so I thought that that was a really key moment that could help out with a lot of different sales copy, marketing copy, um, things that you include in your social media and website text messaging. Yeah, you're not going to buy something and, and spend the money to 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 just achieve the status quo that, that you have right now, right? I mean, you, right. <laughs> you want it to, 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 to push the ball for, further, whether it's a, a personal buying decision or a commercial business buying decision, it's what you aspire to be. It's where you want to get, you know, it's, it's what bridging that gap is, is, is from the book a, a, as well. Um, Eric Bassett, who's a senior ex- or sales account executive at Schneider, says, great point. Most logistics shipping managers don't do much on social media. It makes it much more difficult to take the 
take the, the what I saw you talking about this, have to understand their business and industry from what you can find on their website. And that's where kind of industry data comes from, industry news. Well, one of the easiest things that you can do is take your prospects, go to Google Alerts, and set up an alert for any news about that particular company or their industry. And you can use uh, what, what you've read and that market knowledge for your hook. That's I, I when you brought up Google Alerts, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have not used that program in forever, <laughs> and it didn't work for a few of my companies, but a couple of the different blogs that I have run, it worked great for them. So it was one of those things that. Uh, at times, I think that it overwhelms me from the email inbox yes. perspective. Um, so that was the only, I guess, minor complaint that I would have about Google Alerts. But it really does help you stay on the ball with some of these companies that maybe they're not the ones actively out there publishing about themselves, but other people are writing about them or talking about them. So those Google Alerts really help you hone in on, on where the conversation is happening with that particular company in mind. It does. And, and Google Alerts, it can be overwhelming. You, you can set up for once a week, once a day. As it happens, you just get emails constantly, oh. depending on, on on what the company is or that topic is or that search term. So you have to be careful about that. But you can adjust that to, to where it is. But if if your prospect, their company just uh, completed an acquisition or a divesture or some kind of joint partnership or announced a new customer or a new product, uh, that's a hook. And sometimes that's the only real hook that you have. But hmm. I, I can guarantee you going in with some kind of hook, some kind of research that you've done is, is going to work out far better for you on, on a ratio and, and kind of just an overall sales, getting your foot in the door type of situation than just calling blindly. And, you know, uh, could, it's a little bit easier, too. And, and one of the other points that you had in your article, which I thought was great, is paying attention to the industry news. You know, th there are mm -hmm. a few companies out there that are doing a really good job of looking at what's going on in, in the industry and then talking about their perspective and where they see, you know, sort of, I, I guess, the, the market moving for that week or that month. Um, Kyle Littner, who you guys have had on plenty yes. of times with, with K-Ratio, he does a great job with this on every Monday morning publishing his, his market updates. And I look forward to those because I know on Monday morning, I'm going to get a fresh re or a fresh preview of what to expect for the week. It's not necessarily information that I can personally use, but I'd like to stay up to date on what's going on in the industry so that I can have these conversations with other people. So I thought that that's a, a great initiative if you're looking for an example of a, of a company using industry news um, that may not necessarily publish their, if you're looking for information on the industry that may not come from, say, a, a shipper in, in the future who's probably not publishing regularly to social media. Yeah, and, and the trifecta on that is, is, is combining all that into one message, right? You're, you're taking your mm -hmm. industry data. You know, certainly if you're a Sonar subscriber, you have a lot of industry data to, to share. You marry that with industry trends and any company-specific activity, and you have three sources of information that, that really becomes a compelling hook or a compelling blog mm -hmm. post or a compelling video or podcast or whatever it may be that the content's right there. Kyle Littner uh, does an excellent job of weaving all that into his narrative, his hook. We only have... Uh, uh, 60 seconds left, so we need to give away a book, and that's going to be 30 it. seconds or less. So, Blythe, pick a number between 1 and 117, and we will send a book out to somebody. Uh, 84. So, I'm going to make you scroll this time. <laughs> I know, right? I am going to 
under the gun here, under a minute left. <laughs> Andy Hedrick, uh, you know what? He won a couple weeks ago, so we can't do that. Uh-oh. Another okay. number. Uh, 80. 80. Uh, you won't have to scroll that much. <laughs> uh, 80 is 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 uh, Angela Bird. So Angela nice. Bird, my man from Dupre Logistics, I'll, I'll send you a book. Uh, we just have a, a few seconds. Blythe, it's been a pleasure. We, we'll be back Monday. Monday at 2 p.m., uh, our new time. I think we might switch once more in the coming weeks, but Monday we have another show, and uh, it's, awesome. it's going to be fantastic. And January 28th, we have the Sales and Marketing Conference for FreightWave, so go to live.freightwaves.com to learn more about that. But have a great week. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expensive Start, not to shut the test, but when it rain, then it pours, and it rain, yeah, and I'm ready for some more.